Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the 12th cast. My name is Jake Kirshner, uh, host of the 12th cast, co-author of Just 12. I'm here with some friends today, and we're talking about a new segment called Culture Rated. And Culture Rated is about us taking a look at different cultural artifacts and rating them according to how we think they would help us as everyday ordinary missionaries. People are trying to prioritize, striving to prioritize 12 people in our life, love them like Jesus did, rating how these things help us, uh, how they encourage us, how they equip us, or how we might be able to use them to encourage and equip those in our 12. And so our rating system is pretty simple. It's uh, take it, tweak it, toss it, take it, toss it, tweak it, however you want to say those things. Uh, and so we'll, we'll each share a cultural artifact. When I say cultural artifact, and a cultural artifact is anything in culture created by humans that gives us an idea about either who the creator is or who the users are of those things. And so it gives us a little light into um, who we are as humans. And so really, it's almost everything we see that's created by humans is a cultural artifact. Um, so for the use of this podcast and our discussion when we do these culture-rated episodes, it's going to be everything from books to music to podcasts to um, art um, maybe it's a, a TED Talk, whatever it might be. So today, it just so happens that we all chose books, which uh, just worked out that way. Uh, and books are, are, I mean, they're a great cultural artifact. They, there's lots of words that tell us about culture. So we're going to jump in. Uh, before we jump in, though, everybody go around, introduce yourself, uh, who you are, and uh, where you're at. I'm Allie Larson, and I'm located in Aurora, Illinois. Hi, my name's Holmberg, and I'm from Plainfield, Illinois. Hey everybody, my name is Scott Knollenberg and live just outside of Chicago, Illinois in Plainfield, Illinois. So uh, those of you who have tuned in to the 12 cast or uh, have jumped in on the app or have read the book, you recognize Scott's name, Scott Knollenberg, co-author of Just 12. He's jumping on today. And then Chloe, a couple weeks ago on the episode, uh, the first interview we did, Chloe was on that one. So uh, some familiar faces today. Allie's a new face and we're glad to have her here. So we're excited to kind of jump in. And how this is going to work is we're just going to go around talk about this, this um, artifact that we're bringing, this piece of media, whatever it is, uh, do a little summary, and then, uh, and then, we'll, then we'll rate it. We'll just kind of go around and, and, and give a little rating, and we might say a few little comments about it, too, depending on how things are going. So, uh, Allie, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. All right. So the book that I decided to share uh, today, um, I don't have the physical book with me, but I have a picture of it. Here's what the cover looks like. It's called You're Not Enough, and That's Okay. It's by Allie Stuckey. And um, the main reason why this caught my attention initially is because you're not enough in today's world is kind of a controversial statement because I feel like that the message of you're enough is kind of plastered everywhere. Um, but this book does a really good job of addressing um, kind of a, the toxic self-love culture of today. And it breaks down the myths that um, society tells us because we do live in an age where we're bombarded with... Um, with messages like love yourself and live your truth and put yourself first. And then, of course, you're enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so self-love is preached in this current generation more than we've seen it in prior generations. Yet it's kind of backwards that this current generation is actually faced mm -hmm. with the highest percentages of depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. mental health battles that we've ever seen. So, like, why is this it, you know, it it's, seems backwards considering that we're trying to push this message of self-love. Um, but essentially, the, the bottom line is that we're looking in the wrong places for the answer. Mm. Because if the self is the problem, then the self can't also be the solution. 
So um, now we should have a healthy view of, we should have a healthy love and respect for um, our, for ourselves because we have, uh, we have value and our value comes from the fact that we're made in the image of God. Um, but I think that the current culture kind of provides us with a toxic view of what self-love should be. And really it just ends up amplifying our self-centered nature. Hmm. Um, but uh, we're a product of a fallen and a sinful world. We'll never find true contentment in our own shortcomings. Um, so the good news that, uh, that Ali Stuckey portrays in this book is contrary to what the current culture tells us. She says that we're not enough, which as controversial as that sounds is a good thing hmm. because guess what? Jesus is enough. And that's a huge relief off of our shoulders. Um, only he provides true fulfillment and contentment and peace and all of the answers that we're looking for because he emptied himself for us. He took on, on our iniquities and he took our sin and guilt and shame to the cross once and for all. Um, and there's freedom, there's liberation in that. Um, and all we have to do is humble ourselves, empty ourselves instead of, you know, the, what the culture is telling us with self-love. And um, when we humble ourselves and look at our sin instead of trying to cover it up with all of these positive messages, and if we truly surrender everything to him, then we experience true freedom from our sin, and then we're made a new creation. Mm. So um, so I guess how this ties in with when we're doing life alongside our 12 and walking with them in their struggles or their mental health issues, um, I think it's important that we shouldn't just echo these myths that culture pushes at us constantly. Um, I think it's important to be that different voice that actually points them to Jesus, the one that will actually feed their soul. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a, of a summary of it. And, um, this book is particularly targeted, um, the way it's written, it's, it's targeted towards women, but I feel like there's just a lot of good messages to pull from that are, would be relevant for, for everybody. That's good. All right. Thanks, Allie. All right, let's mm -hmm. do let's do a little um, little rating here. We'll do uh, take it, tweak it, toss it. Uh, who wants Who wants to go first? Take it, toss it, tweak it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll God, take one. Yep. I absolutely take that one. I want to. I want to. <laughs> All right, take it. How, how about you, Chloe? Yeah, I'll take it as well. I love that you mentioned how we need to find our value in God because I think, you know when as Christians, we talk about sort of combating the whole idea of self love, it, you know, initially, it does sound like it has a very negative connotation. And it doesn't mean, you know, looking at other people or looking at ourselves in like a degrading way. It's just knowing where our value comes from. And it doesn't come from ourselves, but it comes from the fact that we're made in the image of God and that we're his children. So yeah, I take that all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to take it as well. I, I think I'd be curious to to dig in a little bit more about this differentiation between loving thyself and uh, self-love and that kind of self-obsession, self-referential, self-whatever, selfishness. I mean, that's you put almost everything in front of self, and it usually gets pretty twisted pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I do love this this idea that um, that there's good news in that. I, I think it seems counter. Uh, intuitive to say that, but it definitely has that feel of like, I think it's probably a relief for some people to go, Oh goodness, I can stop like obsessing slash trying so hard for something that deep down, I know I'm not like I'm trying to convince myself that I am enough. And here's somebody saying, no, actually you're not. And, and 
it's okay. Like you're going to be all right. So uh, I think we'll take it uh, as well. So three, three tickets on, on that one. Good job, Ali. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, not that it's a competition by any means. Um, uh, any, any other thoughts on, on, on the book that Ali shared uh, before we move on to you, Scott? No. Yeah. Okay. I feel, I feel like we've, we, I'm, my computer is showing that we're missing everybody, but it looks like everybody's still here. So we're going to just kind of keep moving and pretend it's working. So um, can, can everybody hear? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm just not seeing anybody, but. I can see everybody. Oh, oh that's so weird. Okay. I'll have to edit that. So we'll just, we'll just keep going and pretend it's, it's, it's working. So uh, Scott, go ahead. Share what you got. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, the artifact I chose was also a book. Uh, it's a book by the author named Richard Foster uh, entitled Celebration of Discipline. And I don't know if you remember, Jake, we, we referenced this book uh, mm-hmm. in our book, Just 12. And uh, is really, I think, uh, in my opinion, kind of the real masterpiece. Uh, I think it does a, the, the best job at explaining how to reactivate that indwelling Holy Spirit in your heart on a daily basis. And uh, the scripture that I always kind of lean on and and think about is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 very simply states that it says, do not quench the spirit, which tells me that we we can extinguish, we can quench the Holy Spirit. So in, in that scenario, we're no different um, walking around uh, than any other, other person, any other uh, non-believer who may not know Jesus, and, and that we have to be intentional about reactivating that indwelling Holy Spirit in your hearts. And uh, this book, um, it's a, like I said, it's a real masterpiece, uh, really takes and studies from some of the best the best minds, the best theologians over the centuries of really the 12 basic spiritual ordained discipline and, um, and how, how they each reactivate uh, the Holy Spirit in your heart to kind of get back in tune with his spirit and reconnect with his spirit. Uh, from a practical sense, um, uh, having uh, having my God time and I have to, I'm a hot mess every morning, so I have to recenter with God every, every day and uh, kind of recalibrate to true north, right? And um, I think uh, when, I, when I start this process of reacting to the Holy Spirit through prayer, meditation, uh, studying God's word, and just getting recentered and, and feel his spirit, uh, that's when I can kind of, from a practical sense, move into really thinking about uh, my 12th. And uh, of what are some of the next steps? You know, who do I need to focus on? Who do I need to socialize with or share with or serve? Uh, whatever the case may be. And I think it, it all starts with kind of hearing from the Holy Spirit and then specifically doing whatever uh, the Holy Spirit tells you to do in, the, in those mm-hmm. moments. And, and I write it down in my uh, Just 12, the app in our, in our little Just 12 diary. And, uh, but basically just do whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Uh, that's the secret weapon we have as believers. 
and uh, but we got to reactivate it and then do whatever he tells us to do. Uh, I think, to be brief, uh, a tangible example, kind of a vivid example of that is, I think many of you know that both my mom and dad passed away uh, last year. And uh, it was about uh, 18 months before that, that I was actually, you know, uh, I was I was at my place, Panera Bread, and having my God time, and, and I really felt uh, the Holy Spirit telling me that you need to include your parents in your 12. Mm. And that was 18 months before they passed, and, yeah. and, and God, the Spirit just broke my heart for them. Uh, obviously, I didn't know the eventual outcome, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I was even kind of like, what? Like, my mom and dad, like, what? And I, I specifically remember saying, include them in your 12 and prioritize them, focus on them and just love on them unconditionally, uh, during this time. And, and, uh, I, I thank the Holy spirit for that heads up, uh, that I was able to do I have zero regrets now. So got to reactivate the Holy spirit and do whatever it tells you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, Scott. Um, yeah. Hey, let's go around and do a, do a little rating. Uh, take it, toss it, tweak it. Chloe, you go, uh, then me, and then Allie will go. Yeah, I'll take it for sure. I mean, Dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard. Yeah, to, to, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can testify. I, I know the days that you don't have your God time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I can definitely, <laughs> I can definitely testify to the impact of that book, and I can definitely see how it's influenced um, your life and your spiritual journey. And even, Jake, it kind of made me think, too, um, when we did – uh, the interview episode a couple weeks back, I mentioned how kind of early on in my Just 12 journey when I wasn't really in active communication with God or hearing from the Holy Spirit about who, you know, he wanted to put my 12 and everything, I ended up having to kind of sort of reformat my list and really consider like, you know, who, who should be included? Who does God want me to direct my focus to right now? And I think when I wasn't, you know, having that God time and everything that, my focus was redirected to people that God was like, you know, like obviously still have these people in your life, but this isn't who I want you to focus on right now, or this isn't who I want you to minister to. So I think um, having that God time and participating in these spiritual disciplines is so essential in our just 12 journey. And that's going to continue to fuel us because, you know, this whole idea is based off of relationships, right? And relationships can be Thing yeah. and they're unpredictable and we need to rely on something that is consistent and the Holy Spirit, that's the only consistent thing. So Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna say tweak it, and I don't like saying tweak it because uh first of all, you're talking about the Holy Spirit and and being fueled by the Spirit and all those things. And it's a classic book. But um for me the hard thing is I I wonder if um given today's um kind of cultural um what's the word I, I don't know what exact word i want to look for there but like there there's a the the word discipline i think can carry this connotation of punishment for too many people that i wonder if if just the title itself without really thinking about it would cause some people to go uh you know i don't need i mean i think i think people kind of get it but i would almost be like hey i wonder if you could say celebrate celebration of spiritual habits celebration of spiritual practices uh, celebration of spiritual training, those kind of things. And uh, I know he chose it purposely. I'm sure it's not haphazard. Um, I, I I just would, I, like, I can't tweak his book, obviously. Um, I can't tweak the title. But for me, I want to tell our listeners and people who are, who are watching, 
Uh, don't get turned off by the, the discipline part uh, because there's so much good in what's being talked about that is, I think, especially for those who kind of wonder um, what their spiritual maybe direction could be and how, how maybe they can encounter God and maybe they haven't had a lot of success in that. Uh, that there's 12, like you said, it's like, it's not just one way. You might hear people talk about it in a very singular way, but there's lots of ways to connect and encounter God. Uh, and so don't, don't be apprehensive because of the word discipline, lean into it, uh, hear spiritual, you know, spiritual habits or spiritual practices when you hear that word discipline. So that's, that's mm-hmm. what I'd say. Allie, what do you think? Take it, toss it, tweak it. Well, it, to piggyback off of what you were just saying about the word discipline is that was the first thing that crossed my mind too, was that, mm-hmm. oh, it's interesting that the word discipline is paired with the word celebrate or celebratory. Mm-hmm. So actually I felt like the title was intriguing because of that, because it almost could be, be viewed as like an oxymoron to some people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, I'm celebrating like something that doesn't sound very fun, you know? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I, like you make a good point and, but I also wonder if because the two seem contradictory, if yep. maybe that could grab someone's interest. Absolutely. Um, yep. But um, yeah, I'll take it because I feel like there's a lot of things that um, that are like competing for our attention nowadays and mm. we're a very distracted uh, culture. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of things that can easily quench the spirit and it's important to, um, to continually be listening and, you know, um, um, yeah, to continue to be listening because we can't serve from an empty cup. So we have to keep, you yeah. know, like nurturing that, <laughs> nurturing the spirit. So I like it. Absolutely. It's good. Good, good. Thanks, Scott. Hey, Chloe, how about you? What did you, uh, what do you want us to take a listen to? Yeah, so I feel like we're coming here at this point. But um, I also chose a book and it's called <laughs> uh, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I have the teen version, but there's also um, the adult version. I think there's even a small group study out now. Um, but this book just reminds me so much of Just 12 because the whole concept of Just 12 revolves around the idea of unconditionally loving and serving others. And I think one of the biggest follow-up questions to that is, well, how do we do that? Or how do we do that mm-hmm. effectively? And I think Gary Chapman, he kind of hits the nail on the head with this one in saying that, you know, each person has a specific love language or a way that they prefer to receive love the most. And there are five of them that he mentions, uh, which are quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And, you know, I think we can obviously enjoy, you know, any of these or experiences with any of these, but most people I feel like tend to resonate with one or two the most. And as Just 12 missionaries, if we are able to figure out for the people in our 12 what their love languages are, we can know how to effectively um, lead and serve them and, uh, bring them to Christ. So I think that, I I think he definitely hits the nail on the head with this one. And I think it's just a very practical thing. And I think the love languages too, it's kind of almost become a universal topic. I think this is very much expanded. Obviously this book was published by Lifeway and everything, you know, Christian publishing, but I think it's extended so far beyond kind of Christian culture as well. So I think even, you know, I've, I've mentioned love languages to some of my friends who aren't believers and they still know what I'm talking about because I think the idea is so, um, so widespread and something so tangible for anybody, regardless of where they're at in their spiritual journey. And I think it's even mentioning, too, that um, we tend to I think he talks about this in the book, how we tend to give love in the way that we like to receive love. 
and there can sometimes be a discrepancy between ourselves and the other person. Like we may not have the same love languages. So the way that I'm expressing love may not necessarily um, have as big of an impact because it's not resonating with their love languages like that. You know, you know, your, your, one of your love languages is words of affirmation. It wasn't gifts. So Father's Day shopping, you know, this past week was a bit rough, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, just, I know the things that resonate with him would be more, um, like speaking words of encouragement to him or, you Mm. know, sending him, sending him a text or, you know, even for other people too, like long distance, that could even be something like, writing a letter just to show that you're thinking of them. And that could certainly apply to um, any of those love languages. And there's so much variety, I think, within each of those, too, or so many different forums that we can use, too. Acts of service, that could mean so many different things. You know, that could be um, helping people in a time of need with a certain project. Uh, that could be just simply taking the time to listen to them, you know, if they're going if they're going through a difficult time. So there's a lot of... Um, wiggle room and I guess and just areas to explore even within each of those so mm-hmm. that's good well, well let's I'll rate it first uh I'm gonna take it and it's just a good reminder I would just say it's a good reminder like I don't know if I could name top love languages of people in my 12 everybody I mean a lot of them I could but like man it's a good reminder to just go back through and be like okay yeah that's right this person you know I might be trying this this and this it just to re- like I, going back and assessing, and going, oh, this is a better way, not a bad. It's not the other ways are bad, but this might be a better way to uh, to show that that love and, and support of that person. So that's really good. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Allie? Yeah, I'll take it as well. Um, I think it is. Uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't know if I can, you know, like pinpoint everyone in my twelve what their love language would be, but mm-hmm. I think this is especially helpful considering that. Um, that your spouse and family members are included in that list of 12. So that can really be helpful with like, with the people that are especially close to you um, is relating to them, knowing what their love language is. So, and then I like the part you mentioned about how that's kind of a universally known subject and that, um, that I think anyone would be willing to pick up that book to read about it, to get insight on what their love language would be or the people around them. So. Mm -hmm. Good, good. How about you, Scott? Take it, toss it, tweak it. Toss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, when I heard uh, Chloe was going to uh, talk about this one, I was like, man, that's 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 genius. I think um, uh, just to really unconditionally love others, but how, how they want to be loved <laughs> um, mm-hmm. kind of shifts my mind a little bit of, mm-hmm. with my 12 and um, uh, is a good reminder to how to love uh, my wife, the way she likes to be loved. And, um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, if we ever do a revision two of just 12, I think we need to include this one. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> good one. That's really good. All right. Um, well, my, mine is, uh, a book as well, but it's an audio book because I listen to it. It's a book on print as well, but, or Kindle, but it's called, uh, indistractable. Um, how to control your attention and choose your life. Uh, it's probably, you know, it's, it's kind of in the title there. Ali, you, you kind of talked about it too. Just real quickly, you said, hey, we live in this really distracted world. And I mean, there's no, there's nobody watching this that probably didn't have an alert show up if they're watching on their phone or have something pop up 
uh, around them, right? Especially with our smart devices, um, social media, media in general, all the different um, places that we can watch videos or get news or get a text message, you know, all these things that are just kind of bombarding us, especially through technology. And it doesn't rip into technology. I think one of the, the good things about the book that I really appreciate is it doesn't have this, it doesn't have a guilt shame kind of thing coming to it. It's kind of like, hey, we're all in the same boat with this. We're all easily distracted. We all know we're all easily distracted and we all struggle uh, with this. So it's it's not, it's kind of like saying, hey, what can we do? And there's a lot of hope in it kind of saying, hey, there, there is stuff we can do. Um, yeah, it's not a Christian book. As far as I know, I don't think the authors come at it from a Christian perspective or have a Christian background, but they certainly hit on this idea about uh, presence is the big one for me about this. Is, this is a great tool for us to learn to be present with uh, and really learn to prioritize. We use this word prioritize because attention taken away from things that we value, things that we are trying to prioritize, uh, we, that's where we end up feeling guilty. We end up kind of in that cycle of, oh, I'm no good at this, or I, you know, I can never seem to, 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 to fully, you know, I had great intentions to do this thing, but I never followed through or whatever it might be. Or you even forget because something popped up, right? And so um, the big takeaway, there's a couple takeaways. He has a couple different habits throughout the book that, and it's super practical, but the two big takeaways for me, one was uh, we, when we move away from um, scheduling our tasks and move towards scheduling our values, that is one of the big practices we can take with um, being indistractable. And so for us, when we say, hey, we value our 12, I'm going to prioritize my 12. Yeah, if I say, man, I value time with this person, or I value praying for this person, or whatever piece of, of you know, the, the, the five S's, whether it's, select, you know, I really value hearing from God about who's going to be in my 12. If I really value those things, I'm going to schedule not that task, but I'm going to schedule that value. And I just thought that was a great kind of change of perspective to kind of get you out of it and kind of go, oh, that's, if I, if, now, now I want to engage in it a little bit more because it's so easy to just kind of like, if you put it down a checklist, it's easy to get down two or three things into your checklist and go, oh, I got that email. I got that text message. I got that phone call or I saw that newsfeed thing come through. So uh, that's a big one. The other big one, um, and it's, a, it's along the same lines, it's not so much, let me think about it for a second. I, I wrote it down and then I just... I forgot it while I was talking. That's, that happens a lot in my house, I feel like. But as I'm looking at my phone, that's such a distraction. Uh, here, here's what I wanted to share. As I actually, this week, I actually changed my home screens because uh, I was finding that the little notices on the bottom, whether they were you know, from text messages or Facebook or whatever it was, were easily distracting me from the things that were most important. So I actually pushed them all into further pages and further deeper <laughs> Um, lists and things so that I have to go hunt for them if I want to go find them. Uh, and that, that for me, when, and so just 12 is actually on my homepage versus on two or swipes over, right? And then Facebook is way deep. You know, all the social media stuff is way deep. All the, the different things I could be watching is way deep into the pages. So if I do happen to have to pick up my phone while I'm doing journaling or while I'm with somebody or whatever it might be, it's, it's way deep. And that kind of came, came out of there a little bit. Um, so for, for me, indistractable, you know, you could read through the whole book, you know, and, and there's more to it. Somebody would probably get more out of it than I am even sharing. But at the same time, that big piece for me was, Hey, how do I shift? If this is a value to me, I'm going to shift towards, um, 
putting, taking away the tasks and moving towards saying the values come first. So that's, that's mm -hmm. indistractable, uh, not the full book, but the pieces that stuck out to me a little bit. So let's go in the same order. Ali, Scott, Chloe, uh, take it, toss it, tweak it. I'm going to say take it again, three for three. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, re very re 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 relevant. Oh my gosh, I couldn't think of the word. It's very relevant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it is, uh, would definitely resonate with, with a lot of us. Even just, you know, that report at the end of the week of your screen time and how it's always like, ooh, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, we, that we're, we're very distracted. Um, but I really like that changing your, how you're viewing it and, um, prioritizing your values instead of viewing it as like a checklist because if it's really something that we value we'll make time for it um and then also i like the piece about making those things that are non-productive distractions like making those harder like not as accessible and then making the important things more accessible um and i think it um I, yeah i like that you rearrange your apps on your phone but it even can be like like for someone that wants to make more time for like reading the word, like having the Bible on their nightstand so that it's right there instead of like downstairs. And then they have to like take that, you know what I mean? Like taking those extra mm -hmm. few steps, it's, it's less likely that it would happen. So mm -hmm. I feel like we could apply that to a lot of different areas. And Absolutely. So I like it. yep. it's good. Scott, how about you? Yeah, I'll take anything that can help mm -hmm. me, uh, uh, remove the noise of this world. Hmm. Um, it's a, for me, it's always a challenge to, you know, on an ongoing basis, daily basis to feed the, feed the spirit and, and start. Hmm. So yeah, any, any tips and pointers of things that you just don't even realize you're doing, um, to remove that noise of the, you know, just junk garbage of the world, um, and remove that to, to just starve the flesh. Um, that's a, that's, a, that's a, that's a taker in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I'll say, I'll say tweak it because I think your applications of it very much, I would take it. But I think if you're reading this book, like you said, it's not from a Christian perspective. So we mm -hmm. get to try to see how this can apply to our spiritual life. So I, yep. like I said, I agree with everything. And I think it's just taking that extra step, like, okay, what's the application to, Spiritual life, yep. and I love that you said um, talking about uh, prioritizing values over tasks. I'm actually um, I'm in a small group this summer, and we're doing this study called Experiencing God. And one thing that um, the authors were the authors were talking about was uh, they said something to the effect of if we're struggling to uh, make God a priority or spend time with him, this isn't necessarily a scheduling problem, but this is mm. a love problem. Because if we really mm. want to, um, if we want to experience God, right? Like we don't want to do this out of obligation, right? We want to do this because we love him and we want to time with yeah. him. And I think even, um, this just made me even think of uh, a Joyce Meyer devotional that I read a couple years ago. And uh, she talked about how we should love God, not just for what he does, but who he is. And um, I think that kind of revolves around back to uh, prioritizing those values that you talked about versus just the task or like the, the physical or the tangible things, right? Really looking to his character, following Jesus example and, you know, anything along those lines. So. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's a great point to say, yeah, when you're reading something that can't just 
one for one, you translate it over to just 12, you probably should tweak it quite a bit. And, and, and it's going to take a quite a bit of tweaking. It's going to take some practical eyes to say, how, how am I really going to use this? So that's really good. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hey, there we do. We did it. We, we got through a couple culture rated artifacts and gave it some, some ratings. And uh, hopefully uh, if you're listening and watching and you feel like, hey, we want, I want to go check these out, we'd encourage you to do it. Um, and if you're somebody that also says, hey, I want to, I want to share what I have, uh, we'd love to hear from you that way as well. And, and we'll give you some ways to follow up with that. But thank you, Allie. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Chloe. Uh, appreciate your feedback, thoughts, and contributions. So we'll, uh, we'll check in next time. Awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us on this first uh, segment of Culture Rated. We'll, we'll try to do this segment every five to six weeks. So if you come across something that you want to share with the GIST 12 community, you want to be part of this broadcast, reach out to us. The best way to do that is through the app. Download the app wherever you get your apps. It's free. Click on the button that says connect with us, contact us, let us know. And, and that's true for anybody that wants to be a part of contributing to this mission that we have of everyone being in someone's 12. So if you have a story or questions or feedback uh, or ideas, uh, let us know. Click on that connect with us, that contact us button, and uh, let us know what it is that's on your mind. Uh, actually, for this next week, uh, we're going to be doing a, a Q&R, a question response. And so if you have questions about anything we've talked about, questions about just 12 in general, uh, questions about how the Bible, something you came across in the Bible and how it relates to just 12, we're going to try to tackle some of those things uh, in our next episode. Uh, and so if you have questions, let us know um, for, for following Q&R episodes that we get to do. Uh, and as always, till next time, keep striving to prioritize others and love them like Jesus did. We'll talk to you soon.